The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, episode 47. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. Hi everyone, I'm Thomas Enherho, filling in for Father Fett this week, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Today we're continuing to follow Ahsoka and Rex through the Rebels series with Season 2's Episode 10, The Future of the Force, and Episode 18, Shroud of Darkness. And together again with me tonight on the panel are Mike Creevy. Hi Mike. It's good to be back. It's good to have you back. You've been out for a while, so (laughs) good to have you. And Andrew Hermes. What's up, guys? It's good to be back as well. Awesome. So these two episodes give us a deeper glimpse into the development of young Jedi with some unique looks at the dark take the Sith have over this process. Uh, what do you guys think about these two episodes? These these episodes were great. Uh, you know, I, I've always liked episodes that include the Inquisitors. First of all, they're some of the best designed villains, I think, or characters in general in Rebels. They just look really cool and uh, very menacing. And uh, I love the action. I mean, there are some of the more action-packed episodes. You know, even even though Ahsoka, especially in the first episode, um, isn't featured prominently, um, it advances her story a lot. Yeah, and and seeing the Jedi Temple when we get to it was was pretty cool. Right. That, that whole uh, that whole that's one of my favorite episodes in general. I think. Yeah, it was uh, these two episodes are are some of the best uh, Rebels have to offer. Yeah, I, I agree. I was laughing though because I rewatched them again today. I watched them a few weeks ago, <laughs> and. Uh... I just put my first bullet point was stealing babies and me right now, like question mark exclamation <laughs> point. So it was, just, it was funny because um, and for anyone who's, uh, who's who's not aware, we just we had our uh, second child a couple weeks ago at the time of this recording, Renata. So our, our second little girl. And so, it's yeah, I'm extra primed for like, you know, this protective kind of. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the first episode, especially, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, we got to got to do the oh, right I thing. A very, very pro-life <laughs> message. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so well and and i think it's it's interesting to see the the dichotomy here between this uh and knowing that this same kind of thing happened with the jedi but right. it how different it must have been you know not just showing up and taking the baby but like showing right. up and explaining everything <laughs> that was going to happen and you know yeah and and when we'll see later on too like I, I was thinking not till just tonight but um and i don't think it doesn't really i don't think it comes up in the episodes but uh but Ahsoka's background, you know, with mm-hmm. um, her her childhood, I'm a little sketchy on it. I forget some of the details, but, you know, being hesitant to trust Plo Koon when he showed up because of that, you know, fear of, of being uh, taken away. And then here these two are, you know, on a mission to do actually that, you know. Right. So that was, it was just a very interesting contrast. And that, it got me thinking about what, what it would look like um in a Jedi community where, where everyone knows that there are these things that are Jedi, are these people that are Jedi, like, you know, sort of a religious force, but also sort of a political force. Yeah. And if, you know, I mean, we, we, in, in the church, we have this uh, moment where people have to go through discernment. They have to go to seminary. They make a choice to become priests. Whereas this is 
hey, you're force sensitive. You won the lottery. Um, right. That's it. Yeah. You know, you don't have a choice in this. You're coming. You're coming with us. We're going to take you and we have to train you. Period. The end. <laughs> so yep. it's interesting to see, you know, to, to think about what the implications of that might have been, generally speaking, too, like how people felt about uh, the Jedi in general. So uh, we'll, you know, we'll pick up there. We'll go, we'll go from there. Like the, the opening scene of the future of the force uh, is that we, we rarely see babies in uh star Wars universe. You know, you see, we see, we've seen the uh, baby Yoda and uh, the, the child from the Mandalorian, uh, but, but very few other situations in which we've actually seen the children, like even with um, Luke and Leia, there wasn't an on-screen presence more than just a few moments in the movie. Uh, so we don't see much of that happen. So when we start this episode with a mom with a baby, you know the baby's going to be important to it. Or in this case, a grandma with a baby. You know the baby's going to be important. Um, and we're on a ship that's kind of a beat-up, uh, junky kind of uh, traveler ship. And uh, there's this... I, I like that they put the the symbol, whatever that weird pattern was, on the on the blanket. It was very different color than everything else that was in the scene. And so that made it really stand out. And so you're like, what is this? What is this pattern that's going on? Uh, and then, of course, uh, they're being captured by a uh, Star Destroyer. So very similar to the the first, you know, episode four. Um, and in that, the Inquisitors go on, come on the ship and then they uh, approach this mom for her baby or this grandmother for her baby, as we find out later. Uh, How do you guys feel about this scene? It's it's menacing. Yeah. <laughs> and there's yeah. not a whole lot of, you know, anticipation of it. And I think they did a really good job of that throughout Rebels with um like I've only seen one time through, so it's just a probably in the last year was my my first introduction to it because it was coming out when I think when my wife and I were in state college and um yeah, I could have had time to watch it, but there were access issues and I didn't have Disney mm-hmm. whatever was on XD and all that. So um I really blasted through it once Disney Plus landed and um yeah, I really found these these guys um, just really well done in terms of, you know, in a sense, it's predictable that they're going to show up. But, you know, they, they really keep you on the edge of your seat with them. Um, and I I'm trusting we'll probably talk about them more through these episodes because I mm. I'm I keep having questions, too, about them. Like it brings up all these kind of cool things, you know, but uh, but these two in particular, one thing I think is particularly funny is the Seventh Sisters voiced by Sarah Michelle Geller. Mm-hmm. you know, so. It's it's funny because, you know, we see in these two episodes, there's some interaction with her and uh, and Kanan, of course, who's Freddie Prince Jr. So they had to have right. some fun. You know, the real life uh, husband and wife team probably had some fun with uh, <laughs> with some well, yeah, of the scenes. Some of the, some of the lines don't fit necessarily with the right. characters, but they do. Have, once yes. you know who who's voicing the characters, like, <laughs> oh, OK, I get it now. Yep. yep. <laughs> so, yeah, that and that's um, I, th- I thought the, the one of the really interesting things here, too, was like they walk all the way through the whole ship before they then turn around yeah. and imply that they're going to do something with all of the people on the right. ship, you know? Like, oh yeah, we forgot. <laughs> Let me just throw this thing down the hallway. Like, right. okay. <laughs> so yeah, whenever, whenever, whenever you see a hallway in, a, in any Star Wars, uh, you know, property here, <laughs> you know, there's, there's going to be trouble. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah or, or the ship just being sucked into the larger ship. There's yeah. something, something's going down here. Um, and we, and we cut from that to, uh, Kanan and Ezra, who are kind of this next generation of uh, the Jedi, and they are trying to figure out what to do about um, about the Sith, you know, and, and but they're being approached now by Ahsoka, who is looking for help. Uh, so they're still in the middle of like trying to find a base for the rebels. They're still in the middle of all of their stuff that they're doing to try and escape the Inquisitors. 
and here comes Ahsoka. Hey, I've been monitoring uh, uh, transmissions from Mustafar and haven't found anything else out about the Sith Lord, but now I have these two coordinates and we got to go figure something out about this. Uh, and that's that's how she approaches uh, as uh, approaches Kanan. And she's saying that the information about uh, Vader is eluding her. And I love that they've kind of started down this path with her. Like when the, when we first see her interacting with Vader, she is kind of pushing it to the side. And then with these two episodes, we see that she's still not trusting her feelings about the things that are that mm-hmm. are happening. And we see it really get pushed all the way to the end in these episodes, which I thought was a, a really good uh, image of it. Uh, and then I like, you know, of course, the, the family, the family meetings of this where uh, Kanan turns around and says, Ezra's already been briefed. Yeah. And I, I, th- I think that's one of the great things about this, this series is that you really do feel like they're a family. And we've talked about that a couple of times in the other episodes, but it, it really it does come through over and over again, how much of a, of a, you know, of a, of a family they are. Yeah. And then I thought it was interesting too, that Ahsoka here says, Oh, and also take Zeb with you because he's been pretty good against, against the Inquisitors before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how excited he is either necessarily. Like, right? <laughs> moments throughout where he know. I mean, he goes at it, you know, with with uh, certainly with the. Uh, I, I keep getting the numbers mixed up. That's why I wrote down the fifth brother. Fifth brother. Because yeah. we don't see all of them either. That's the other thing that throws me off. It's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> which which one is this now? <laughs> which one, which yeah, one Zeb was doing a, a whole lot of running. Not, not a yeah. lot of fighting. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that whole scene where he's like, oh, I'm a rabble, and then I'm, he like lists, lists off yeah. all the things that he's doing. It's like, well, at least I'm good at this one. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a pretty good scene, too. Um, and so then Ahsoka flies her, her A-Wing, which I thought was kind of an interesting nod back to the, the yeah. evolution of the A-Wings, uh, to, the, to the ship where we saw the baby being taken. And I love the way the grandma refers to them, the Red Blades. Mm. That's, that's mm. such a cool, like... Uh, it's it's very very pithy, but also very uh, you know Sith. It identifies a Sith pretty clearly. Like no Jedi is going to be like yeah. who who right wait, wait like, which one <laughs> who, who are these people <laughs> that doesn't limit it down for us enough. <laughs> well, and then in that which you know th- that brings up a whole other series of questions for me. Like there's always two Sith, right? But then they do have all of these yeah. force sensitive people working with them that they're not calling Sith. They're just calling them, in this case, Inquisitors. And right. they're obviously trying to recruit now, too. So uh, I love that my kids did not get what was going on with this until the second baby. And But once they got oh, to the second yeah. baby, they were like, oh, it's because they're Force-sensitive, right? And I was like, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's probably pretty, pretty much exactly what's going on here. Um, so we get then from there, we go back to the, uh, to the, um, to the fan, uh, to the ghost, and we have uh, Chopper and Zeb, uh, who I think make a great team, going off on their yeah. own to try and find the ships. Which is <laughs> just like the the absolute snark and the absolute apathy. <laughs> you put them together, <laughs> and you got you got a great team. Uh, and uh, you know his implication that he's he's you'll know when I find the ships, and he's got the two yeah. thermal detonators in his hand yeah. for it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, well, I, and, I, when, and when they, when they get up to the ship too, and like Chopper's like yeah. Like basically just like annoyed that they're not going to blow him up. He's like, right. Blow up <laughs> after we take the baby out. No, and and you, yeah, and choppers, just, yeah. <laughs> they, he 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 has uh, 
he's a he's a very very cheeky droid, which is fantastic. Those are my favorites, like the, all is the he, droids that go through the cheeky. I forget. I, I looked a long time ago. He's he's voiced by Dave Filoni, isn't he? I think, or at least for some. Well, I'm not sure. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I, I, I sure. Yeah, I thought I saw it somewhere. At least in in some cases. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could see that <laughs> Dave Filoni would be good good for that position because he kind of knows what's going on. And then we get so so you kind of come to figure out that this planet is an Athorian planet. So if, if um you know you guys know that the hammer headed uh people uh those are the Athorians and uh as uh Ezra and uh Kanan are walking through this area we get to see kind of a, a look at what life inside of a an apartment building in Star Wars would be like and <laughs> it's like oh okay <laughs> I'm it, it's kind of disappointing how much it makes sense <laughs> I'm like I think I've been in that apartment I know right yeah. no, there's, no, there's no, nothing no. unexpected about this the at all galaxy not so far away <laughs> right when they, when they go in there <laughs> Yeah, and it's, I, I thought that was—I thought it was—it's great. And, and on the one hand, that you know, there's just really not that much difference. Uh, I mean, we've kind of optimized living facilities with apartments, right? So there's not really much new to do with it. But then at the same time, it's kind of disappointing that there's not like something really cool going on inside of these super futuristic uh, apartments. And um, they they run into this Athorian woman who says that uh, the. I I think she refers to them as red blades too. Did you guys catch that? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah right, I think right. she uses mm-hmm. the same thing, and um, she refers to them as red blades too. And that they came and uh, they had come to take her child also. And we see draped on the on the couch the same pattern blanket. So right. I'm really wondering where the pattern blanket comes in to all of this. Yeah. Did, did you guys? Yeah. I, I, I don't I think I noticed that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I searched for it. I tried to find like, you know, like what, what, what is this pattern blanket is like, you know, when, when you deliver a child and a force user, they give you this blanket. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Or that it was like some kind of religious organization or something. I, I don't know, but I couldn't figure out where I, ha- I haven't found anything yet about where this pattern. Yeah. Comes from, so, uh, but it, she did have a blanket on her bed. That was the same, uh, was the same thing and then we get to the scene where zeb's like walking down the the street you know he's he's told that he needs to go find the baby because the mom was able to get the baby out with a droid before uh the before the the inquisitors came in (laughs) and he's walking down the street he's like uh complaining about all the things he has to do and now he's a baby hunter (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah i don't know this i I thought this whole section like once you tied all this together the idea of them hunting for babies um, was really interesting because, uh, and I don't know, I mean, maybe you guys, I, there, is there more in the Clone Wars? Because I have not watched the entirety of the Clone Wars. And I know there's a little bit of Ahsoka's backstory in there, but is there more in the Clone Wars about the how the um, the younglings come to be? I'm not sure about that. Maybe, Andrew, I don't know if you know more about that. I just know that there's the episode um, uh, Children of the Force where we're basically like Dooku was doing the same thing. It's kind of mm-hmm. like the same episode, but in Clone Wars, which which uh, Ahsoka just mentions in passing at some point, you know, that they had done this back in the Clone Wars. Um, but um, and, and I forgot, actually, I went back and rewatched that because I forgot that that episode culminates on Mustafar. So I, uh, I, I think I'd missed that the first time around that, you know, Anakin has a little, you know, prelude experience on Mustafar where he's far more noble <laughs> you know and um and I couldn't help but thinking about that and I know that's not the topic for tonight but just seeing him it kind of was interesting because it's like this like we know where he's headed 
we know the whole thing with him and the younglings, you know, yeah. uh, in the temple, not too much later after that. But here he is. He's like, he's he's doing exactly, you know, what like Canaan and Ezra and them are doing in this episode of Rebels. But then he goes the, the road that these these Sith do, obviously, which was just really interesting, you know, to kind of see it that way when um, mm-hmm. I hadn't seen the Rebels episode yet when I saw the, the Clone Wars one years ago. Um, so that was neat to kind of put those together, but I'm not sure more broadly. I, I don't remember a lot, you know, about other episodes yeah. or how, how the Jedi do that. Yeah, there was. Yeah, I don't remember um, too many episodes that are folks that focused on the children, but there were there was an episode early in Clone Wars um, where Ahsoka had to uh, she was like protecting a group of younglings um, mm-hmm. and, and, and taking them to see Yoda right. to construct their lightsabers. Right. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So. So she does have, I mean, Ahsoka herself does have a history with, uh, with the younglings. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, there's at least that episode that I'm remembering where she, where she was, uh, trying to save them. But yeah, as a whole, like you said, Mike, yeah, I don't think it's touched, touched upon too much, uh, in Clone Wars either. Well, you see, you know, we, we see how, how Qui-Gon goes about it, you know, in the field when it's not really their main mission in episode right. one. Right. I, that's, know, that's what I was thinking about that. That's, that's my model. Yeah. Real example you know. we have of it. But that and that's such a strange one because it's like obviously you would want your child out of slavery, right? There's right. There's not even a question that uh, that that's going to be the result of that whole situation. But like, what about me? You know, if like somebody came right. up and knocked on my door and said, "Hey, uh, you know, your yeah. three year old, he's um, force sensitive, and we need to take him." Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, oh, sure, go. Like, like, yeah, oh. go ahead. Here you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> He uh, hates carrots. No, like what? Like you're giving him information. Like, yeah, that's that's. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. You know, there's not a whole lot of reason for Anakin to stay on Tatooine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's and that's uh, that's the thing that like you know I was thinking about that with this too. Where and and I, you know I know there must be more of a religious context to it in that, and that's why I was I was really intrigued by this like pattern on the blanket thing. Like, is it, is right. it something that you get approached by someone when you have the baby and they tell you all about the forest and say, "Hey, your child's force sensitive. We're going to leave them with you to raise for this long." But then the, you need to consider having the Jedi come. And then the turn of that, too, is I wonder if these kids start manifesting force powers. And it's kind of like one of those things where as a parent, you're like, I'm not really sure how to deal with this. <laughs> I am not equipped to deal with this situation in any way, shape yeah. or form. And nothing about that's going to change. And it's going to get worse. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, so that's it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I don't know, there's just lots of lots of little uh, interesting situations there that and then if there's like an easing off period you know like your parents come visit you for a few years until you choose the path for yourself kind of thing right. so i i don't know i it just opened up a whole can of worms for me like watching this episode and seeing how cute the authorian baby was when <laughs> when, <Right. laughs> when Seb breaches it again it's like oh he's like a teddy bear man <laughs> so yeah <laughs> he's like he's like he's like am i holding this thing right side up i know no, yeah. no. <laughs> Oh, it was a great scene, too. It was so good. Uh, so at any rate, that goes south really quickly because uh, Zeb's like, uh, no, to, to, says to the droid, no, you can't come with me. You need to go be a distraction. And as soon as the droid g- turns around the corner, it gets thrown back around the corner by the Inquisitors looking through the basket, trying to find the, find the baby. And um, and then Zeb's in trouble because now he's got two uh, force users after him and he's trying to carry a baby and keep it alive. And so he ru- he rushes off to try and hide, manages to find an apartment building to hide in, and then tells uh, Kanan and Ezra where he's going to be, and they have to come and get him. 
by the uh, seventh sister and the fifth brother uh, figure out where he is and manage to uh, track him down. And I, I could not get out of my head. This is the following scene is the three of them trying to figure out how to get the baby to be quiet. And all I could think of was three men and a baby. Three men and a baby. That, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it was so well done because that's exactly what it was. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! So, Absolutely. Uh, and then, and then I love, I love like Kanan's like you're an empath to Ezra. You know, you, like this is your this is your field, man. This is you're supposed to be skilled at this. <laughs> You're good at connecting. Uh, yeah. You're good at connecting with things. Get in there and do it. Well, it's uh, so funny too because, like, like this is one area where I was thinking, obviously, with our with our baby, who's you know she's like a month old today, and it's so funny because it's like, you know, you guys know it's like completely different when it's your kid. When mm-hmm. it's somebody else's kid, like you know, if it's like a cousin or something, they have their baby. Like, you want to hold hold them? I'm like, no, I'm good. Yeah, right. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's no, like I love babies, but I'm like, nah, I don't want. I'm not going to mess anything up. You know, it's or the baby starts crying. I'm like, yeah, somebody else here. That didn't work. <laughs> so with all three of them in that situation, it was just so funny and like absolutely like yes, that's it. Like that's how it goes. <laughs> well, then you got to wonder too, like you know, for uh, in in the Star Wars universe with so many different species, uh, you know. There are might be some things that are that are fine by one species that are right. not okay right. <laughs> by another. You know, my those teeth are really sharp, and my skin is not it's not strong enough to withstand you chewing on it. So no, <laughs> that's not going to work. Uh, but yeah, that's just just watching them try and like and and uh, none of them are putting their hands on it at all. They're all they're all trying right. to stay very hands off and keep keep it from crying. It's like you know that doesn't work. That's just not <laughs> that's not how things are going down. So that was that was a great scene, just watching the three of them trying to figure that out. Um, and then, but then because of that, uh, the the Inquisitors who really have no qualms about any of this just start stabbing their lightsabers through <laughs> the floor <laughs> to hit whatever they can. Doesn't matter at this point. Just uh, just zapping it. That's what and, they do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there were a lot of lightsabers uh, piercing through like walls and ceilings in, in these episodes. Yeah, uh, it was on crazy. Both sides. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. Then because they, they, yeah. they cut the hole in the in the apartment right. above them to jump out and everything. Lots of property damage going on in yeah. <laughs> these few episodes, which comes but also home to like, roost. it doesn't seem like anybody else lives in this building. <laughs> no, I know. It's like there's I mean, nobody there, just right? Me or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's like a completely was, empty apartment building. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's the I mean, middle of the day, right? fortunate, yeah. <laughs> it would have been nice to have at least seen a pet in there some, somewhere, right. you know? Like somebody's right. somebody's dog barking in the in the background while they're going through their, <laughs> their apartment. Um, yeah, so that that was... I, I thought that was uh, that was really interesting, like seeing how they escape. And then they used the, the classic uh, crawling through the uh, ventilator shaft to get out, yeah. of the, to get out of the situation, too. Um, but man, it, it was pretty amazing watching uh, Kanan take on one of the Inquisitors and then Zeb go toe to toe with the other. And, you know, like, how did the lightsaber not come into play? <laughs> there were a few situation. moments like that where, like, you know, one, like, one of them would, like, force pull, you know, hold on to one of them and the other one kicks him. And I'm like, yeah. stab him. I, you know, I mean, yeah. like, that's right? like, I don't want you to. I'm just saying that's how you would do it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's one one of my favorite um, one of my favorite combat YouTubers. Uh, his his thing is if you can kick someone, you can slash them. <laughs> it's kind of a waste that's of time. Like all this yeah. screen time spent kicking people. It's like why did you not use your blade? <laughs> so yeah, that's and so that's I I watching some of the battle. These are actually pretty well thought out battles for the most part. Uh, mm-hmm. The thing that freaks me out is is those lightsabers that the Inquisitors use because they've got the yeah. spinning blades on them. And man, 
I would not, as a fencer, as a, as a person who did fencing when I was in college, I would not want to face someone who had this just like, you know, uh, basically weed whacker <laughs> that could turn on <laughs> at will to, like, to, to fling around at me. That would be scary. It's so. funny you should say that because I was thinking I was just doing a lot of yard work the last few days and I was like, you know what? <laughs> like that, that would really come in handy out there. With some of my edging <laughs> lights of <laughs> a weed whacker. <laughs> Uh, and so, so we see here that they, uh, Kanan, uh, gets out by Zeb grabbing him, which I thought was hilarious. Like Zeb's like, nope, we're out here and just grabs him and hauls him <laughs> out of the, out of the whole thing. And as they're running down the hallway, he shoots out the window and says, just jump. And, and Zeb jumps and they land on a speeder. And the response there is classic. Oh, a speeder. Good, good thinking. And yeah. Kanan's like, I didn't know it was going to be here. <laughs> just, I just, I just kind of hoped for it. But then the response from the Athorian driver, man, like, yeah, no big deal. Two guys yeah. just fell in my car and I'll drive him. Sure. It's, it's almost going? like he's like, well, it's Star Wars, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he's like advanced Uber, like just happens right. to be, like Jedi yes. Uber, just happens to be there when you need it. <laughs> and then uh, I thought it was cool because the, uh, the Inquisitors jump out on a car also. And I'm not really sure how this happens. They jump out on a car and they pull a driver out of the car. And then the car that they end up on doesn't look like it has like an open driving area at all. Right. So as they're driving through, it was really interesting. But I recognized the car that they were on from an old Micro Machines set I had when I was a kid. <laughs> I was oh, like, wow. hey, that's a, that's a Micro Machines car that they threw into this thing. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then they managed to chase scene. Every, they, get to, they get back to the... Uh, uh, to the dock where their where their ship is they're trying to get to the ship and the inquisitors are close on their heels and uh then the door opens up and now ahsoka pops out and is here to kind of save the day which is phenomenal oh, yeah. uh and then this is the first time i think we're, we're introduced to her white lightsabers because yeah i think so i, I, I believe the last time we saw her she yeah. had the blue ones and now this is the first time where we see the white ones and I won't I won't spoil it for anybody because I, I've just recently, largely because of uh, the influence of one Father Fett, shout out, um, uh, I was I was in a real kind of reading slog and I've got I've got a bunch of really cool things going that, that I'm reading. But for whatever reason, I just, you know, it's taken forever to get through some of them. And uh, I just couldn't find something that was just that real, you know, enjoyment read. And I don't know what was wrong with me. It just hit me. I was like dude, you're on a Star Wars podcast. Like, there's all this stuff, like, you haven't read... When's the last time you read... And I was like, oh, right. So I, I read the Ahsoka novel, you know, that takes place nice. like a year after um, episode... Uh, well, the end of season seven. And uh, what's interesting is they... I take it that they had enough of an idea of where it had, where it was going to go, you know, when it was mm -hmm. canceled and everything. So there's a little bit of stuff like that they slip in where it's, like, not exactly you know, what we ended up seeing in the end, but it's close enough that you can kind of, you know, kind of see where they were going. And without spoiling anything, they do um, explore in that novel where her lightsabers came from. And cool. I hadn't heard that, but I guess I didn't really wonder about it or, I, I, you know, their color and that kind of stuff. But it's cool. It's like it's a really unexpected kind of little uh, neat feature near the end of the book. Um, so I definitely recommend that if anyone wants to check that out. It's a, it's a pretty quick read. Very cool. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. That sounds good. And that's what I, that's what I thought. I thought it was really neat seeing her like show up with these white lightsabers, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah that's <laughs> that's cool. And then the fighting is great, but I thought it was really interesting. This is this is something that I'm I'm attaching to. And my kids asked about it too, so I figured I'd bring it up. On Disney Plus, they have put these episodes in, but they have also 
darkened out some of the some of the scenes. So I don't know if you guys noticed that, but in the middle of the lightsaber fight, it would get dimmer. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't notice and, that, actually. And that's that's because of the concern about epileptic seizures around oh. uh, around lighting issues. Oh, wow. And, so huh. there's a certain amount of moving light that can be on the screen before they have to dim the screen. And I'll tell you, the, the, the lightsaber fights are the biggest culprit that you have in the Star Wars universe, especially right. in, in the cartoons. Sure. Uh, but, oh my gosh, Pokemon. I cannot watch Pokemon with kids <laughs> because of this. Because it's like every time something happens, oh there's the, the fight just goes like, the fight goes gray. And you almost can't even see the fight because it's so gray for so long. Because because the the skills are all like epileptic light based. Oh but my gosh. if if you're watching and you get annoyed by that and you wonder what it's what it's for, that's that's what it is. It's part of the kind of concessions that everyone's making around okay. trying to protect kids who have a tendency towards light induced um any kind of neural uh neural issues that are light induced. Uh, so, That's how I felt with all the Exegol sequences in episode nine. I'm like, do we really yeah. need I mean like I know yeah. lightning is his thing. <laughs> Yeah, but like, <laughs> come on, dude! Like, <laughs> this is enough. Seriously. And the time, the timing is always perfect. It's like it, it, the lightning waits until he's done saying what he needs to say. Right, and yeah, like, he needs to say exactly <laughs> the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's all show. It's all show. That would be yeah. a great YouTube video for somebody to do, where like the lightning keeps going at the wrong time. Yeah, he's trying to pick his nose or something. Yeah, like just completely. Say that again. Say that again. What was that? Couldn't hear you thunder, right? Uh, and so there's, there's, a, I thought it was a fantastic fight. She holds her own against these two, um, against these two inquisitors, uh, obviously has them outclassed, uh, for the fight, but is not trying to harm them at all. She's just trying to protect, uh, the retreating, uh, members of the, uh, of the crew. And then this great moment where she just shuts her lightsabers off and like starts meditating. And, uh, the, uh, the seventh sister attacks her. And she grabs her lightsaber and shuts it off, pulls it yeah. out of her hand, and then throws her against the wall. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that was yeah, amazing. What? I made a note about that, the significance of it. I don't know if it was just a sheer, like, muscling her out, kind of like that was awesome thing, or if there was something more to that. I, I wasn't totally clear on that, but it was it was pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, that's an intense move. Uh, and, you know, I mean, it's obviously a Jedi thing. Like, she's obviously, you know, really in tune with the force at that point but yeah this, was, this is a this impressive. is a real random thing but I, I just for some reason and i haven't seen it in probably 20 years or whatever but i think it was like lethal weapon 4 when like gently like reaches out quick and like takes the whole like chamber apart like from mel gibson's like pistol as he's holding right. it on him yeah yeah it yeah. was a little bit of that. that of just kind of like <laughs> okay i didn't i didn't see that coming Right. I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. Like, okay, I must not get that close to Ahsoka, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then I and I thought it was really funny because you you can tell how um the, the way it's written is so good because when the seventh sister gets up and all of her stormtrooper force is coming in from outside, uh, she has to gloat, right? Because she was right. she was just not not just defeated, but completely trounced like embarrassed beyond all belief because ahsoka had put her lightsabers away was meditating and you know it's one of those moments where the master has truly shown up and said nope we're done <laughs> you know yep. you are not winning this fight just so you know <laughs> and then so she has to say oh you know now we've won because all the stormtroopers are coming in and there's no way she could stand up against all those uh and 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 which, which i'm thinking wow this is an older ahsoka who's already stood up against all those clones 
you know, back in the day when they were clones and were in their prime. So, yeah, I don't think your stormtroopers mean that much, really, honestly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it's a little like her own version of Rex's thing. You know, you, you guys, I think the right. episode last week talking about that, like, you're going to need to send all of them. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. I mean, these, those two out of everybody, those two are definitely prepped for whatever the Empire can throw at them. And so then... Uh, Ahsoka manages to jump onto the uh, the ghost and as it's flying away or the, which one's the big one and which one's the little one I always get them confused is it the the ghost is the, the big one the phantom the, phantom the little one right? is the little yeah. one yes. I think yeah. the phantom's the little one there you go yeah. she jumps on the phantom not the ghost she jumps on the phantom uh, as it's leaving which is a pretty intense scene in and of itself because it's pretty far out there already and uh, when she when they are in the in the Bay of the Phantom as they're flying off, uh, she turns around to Kanan and uh, and tells him that basically that he's just going to have to start restart the Jedi Order, and, and like and it's like this throwaway line at the end of the episode. And you're like, what? <laughs> Wait a minute, seriously? And Kanan's like, all in. Like, there's no, there's not even a second thought about it. Kanan's like, yeah, that's what we have to do, right? <laughs> Let's take him back and start training him. It's just like, whoa. That's intense. So I, I think it shows a lot of growth. And that's one of the things that I really like about these characters, because uh, from the beginning, from the last few episodes that we've watched uh, of this season, uh, Kanan was really resistant to being a part of anything bigger than himself. He didn't want right. he wanted yeah. everything to be about their family. And now for him to just accept, just flat accept. No, there's there's really nothing else to do now but to go and train these kids. Well, I feel like, and especially resi um, resisting anything that would really pull him back into specifically that whole Jedi world. Right. <laughs> because, of, I mean, it's like, can you blame him? You know, just yeah. absolutely, um, you know, really just, just the epitome of trauma. You know, that's another thing I know you right. guys were talking about before, too. Like, basically, like, like PTSD, anyone? Like, geez, I mean, like, yeah. what, do you, what do you think Kanan is going around all these years with... Um, and so that's a real, real bold, I think, character move on his part, you know, that he's really. Uh, and, and of course, we see that a little bit more here in this next episode, mm -hmm. um, his his commitment to that, you know, um, that he's not. There's almost like a, you know, like with Ahsoka, like she's kind of embraced, which is funny. She's kind of embraced this whole like, I'm not a Jedi thing. And, you yeah. know, of course, as we're watching her, like, yeah, but yeah. come on, like you. <laughs> but she has this real like. um deference you know like like she she mm -hmm. you know she affirms him as a jedi you know and and really kind of is is trying to um i think support him in that just like she's supporting you know um ezra and just sort of leadership and, and those kinds of things so um yeah i really love i just love all these things about how her character um plays out in rebels you know mm -hmm. yeah i think the first the first thing that kanan did to show that he's all about this uh at least keeping the jedi order alive with whatever hope there is out there is, is when he, he tells Ezra to, to climb to the vent with the baby, mm -hmm. you know, and he could have like had Ezra just tag along with him and, you know, fight these guys, but he was willing to die just to save the, right. the baby and, and his friends. So, uh, yeah, I think that was uh, the first sign of maturity on, on Kanan's part. And I think him recognizing what the stakes were. Yeah. I think it, you, you see a much different character now and, and it's, you know, we've, we've jumped forward a lot from where we were before. But you see a much different character now, 10 episodes into the season than you did at the end of the fourth episode in the season. Mm -hmm. So he's he's gone through a lot of development. 
and it, and it's good because there's still a lot more to do too. That's the other thing is that's really interesting about this character is that he's not completely uh, gone through his cycle, and and where given where he goes, it's very intense, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it, it gets it, it's a, a testament to the writing of this series that you can care so much about these characters and still feel like there's a lot more for them, a lot more room for them to become fuller uh, than they are now. And that's, that's a fantastic thing. So we skip forward a few episodes now uh, to episode 18, the shroud of darkness. And it opens with a lightsaber fight, of course, which is fantastic. Uh, (laughs) I'm never going to complain about that. (laughs) I know. Right. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) you see uh, the inquisitors again with uh, Kanan and Ezra and again, Kanan and Ezra are not really able to to win. They, there's no way they're going to win. They're just trying to retreat. And uh, but we see a more mature uh, version of both of them this time because they're they're working together as a team. Uh, Kanan seems to be trusting Ezra a lot more, allowing him to be a full member of it. You know, you see like this moment where he says, "Okay, cross," and then they do this maneuver where they end up fighting the cool. other uh, the other Inquisitor, which was really neat. And um and then, you know, Kanan ends up having to save Ezra, not because he made a mistake, but just because he's being overpowered. And that's really what it comes down to. And in that moment, Ezra comes up with the solution that gets them out of the situation by using his sort of um animal empathy to to get them get them a ride. <laughs> by the way, I gotta say, like it's I, sometimes I feel like, you know, voice actors must get kind of well, I know they do. I've, I've heard, you know, they, they get kind of a bad rap or they get kind of you know, tease sometimes like they're not real actors. And I got to say, like, there's just something I mean, Freddie Prince Jr. There's something so awesome and hilarious about like when, you know, they're so focused and they're fighting. <laughs> and Ezra says, um, you know, like, they're, like, where's Chopper? And he's like, well, he's either ignoring us or he's lost. And Kate's like, oh, he's not lost. <laughs> you know, just yeah. like, <laughs> this, this like life or death situation and still like Chopper. Um, I think, by the way, I think Angela made a mention this before, too, but um, I think Dave Filoni at one point said if R2-D2 is like the dog, Chopper's the cat. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's <laughs> totally. Yeah. That's a, every time I see <laughs> it's like, yes. <laughs> what can I throw off the counter now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. How do you, what do you mean that the hyperdrive wasn't top priority? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. man. Chopper's fantastic. Uh, and so uh, we see that they, they managed their way out uh, and there's, you know, so we, we get to see a lot more of this growth between them this season where they, they're, you know, they're, they're evolving as characters, they're evolving as a, uh, as a master and Padawan pair. And then, and then you kind of realize, I, I think later in this, uh, in this episode, we realized that, that, Kanan's never had the official title uh, of anything Jedi bestowed on him. Right. And so that was, a, you know, that's a really cool moment to kind of realize that um, they, you know, they don't have, uh, he doesn't have that official title for him yet, uh, but he's still responsible for all of these things. Uh, then um, we find on the, sh- when they get back to the ship, we find Ahsoka, uh, Ahsoka's met them because they, they, they figured that they need some kind of help trying to get uh, this set up and you know, trying to find a base for the rebels somewhere, anywhere. And um, Ahsoka is watching one of Anakin's hollow uh, instruction videos when Ezra finds her. And I thought that was fantastic. That was just such oh, yeah. a cool moment. One, uh, like the animation too. It's interesting because, you know, the animation's different. You know, but, um, oh my gosh, I just lost his name. Who does the voice for Anakin? Oh my gosh. Oh, uh, Angela would know. 
Yeah, I should know these two, actually. It's Matt um, Atlanta. I'm uh, going to make a fool of myself. I'm I am like, not sure. Uh, you got to look it up now. <laughs> Google. Yes, Matt Lanter. Okay. I was close. But, you know, to have him doing the... Uh, you're doing the voice, you know, it's, 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 you know, there's that familiarity and everything, which is cool, that continuity, but yeah, it just, it looks a little, a little different, you know, that it, it, um, somehow just, just, I don't know, it, it, uh, it kind of made, it kind of made this, this scene, I think with him, like it's, it's familiar, but it's also kind of new a little bit too. Um, right. and it also, I wonder, you know, cause you figure at this point, I mean, Ahsoka hasn't seen Anakin. Right, like except in these mm-hmm. videos and stuff, it's kind of an interesting to think about. Like she hasn't seen him in what fifteen years ish. Yeah. yeah, it's been um, a long while, and you know, he's he's been up to a lot. Yeah, <laughs> in that time, yeah. So he's he's certainly changed, you know. So that, I don't know if that's a connection too. Yeah, and it's cool. It's cool that uh, Ezra, you know, mentions that you know he he learns from these videos as well. Right. Uh, so yes. you kind of get a sense of like how far reaching Anakin's influence was and, and how he really was, you know, uh, the best Jedi during the time he was a Jedi. And uh, yeah, because usually you see Anakin being the Padawan himself or just being a master to Ahsoka, but right. by seeing it reach someone like Ezra uh, was, was pretty cool to, to, to see in here. Well, and I don't know if you guys know that um, he's talking about one of the forms of lightsaber combat uh, when he, in the hollow crime. Yeah. Yeah. And, it was really neat because he he wasn't talking about like this is how you do this particular form. He's like, I've made some changes to this form so that you can better <laughs> right, fight droids. I'm like, of course he did. What? <laughs> <laughs> so these are these are like you know thousands of years old codified uh, ways of fighting with a lightsaber. And he's like, I've made some changes to this, <laughs> just like he uh, did and, with her lightsabers. Uh, exactly. And that's that, that's well. And the, and the interesting thing is is because uh the the you know when you get really deep into some of this stuff, you you know know that Ahsoka's uh, preferred combat form is the fourth form, which is what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And okay. uh, that's not, uh, however, Anakin's preferred form. Anakin's preferred form is the fifth form. And so when he's saying, I've made changes to help you fight the droids, he's saying it specifically to Ahsoka. Like, look, I mm. went and learned your form, and then I made it better for you. <laughs> so it's very Anakin. Like, you know, just prodigy in all ways. And then also, you know, kind of, smug about it but not really like trying to be <laughs> right uh yeah. but you know i thought that was a, a nice little throwback to put yeah. in at the beginning there uh and then i was really intrigued because they come to her with a the problem they they present to her the issue that they're having and she says uh well whenever master anakin and i would have a problem like this we would take it to master obi-wan or to um master yoda and i, I was on the one hand, I'm, I understand where they're coming from because these are recognized names where Ahsoka's not yet. But I was kind of sad that she wasn't like she wasn't going to be the Master Yoda or Master mm-hmm. Obi Wan in this case because, in my mind, she's kind of attained that position by virtue of who she is and what she's been through. Uh, but they decide that they're going to go and uh, consult with Master Yoda because it's happened before and. Unbeknownst to her, uh, Kanan has a way of getting in touch with Master Yoda. Not not on purpose, but he's managed it before, right? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's what they're going to go do. And uh, Kanan takes them to the temple. And then I love that moment where um, uh, Ezra offers for her and Kanan to, st- to step forward and summon the temple. And she's like, I'm not a Jedi. Just like she just like steps aside and says, "No, nah, I'm not a Jedi," and you, and you get that sense again of like she really has not 
she has no problem with them being Jedi. She has no problem with the Jedi Order in concept, but she herself is not a Jedi and she won't accept that role. And I thought that was a really interesting, you know, another interesting view of that, of that perspective that we had of them. Yeah. And then um, they, so Kanan and uh, Ezra step forward and they start summoning the temple and the door just kind of keeps going. Like the, the temple as it's unscrewing from the ground uh, comes up and the door that Ezra's expecting just keeps on going. And nobody's surprised, but Ezra, Ezra's like, wait a minute, where's the, <laughs> where's the door going? <laughs> yeah. And, and Kanan's still there, they're focusing and then it pops open. And I love the line that Kanan gives before they go in where he says, new problem, new door. <laughs> And that's just like a, yeah, okay, I, I, that's good. I can, <laughs> I can jive with that. Um, and as they enter, uh, we find, uh, we, we find out that they all have sort of a different way that they're that they're thinking about approaching, uh, the temple. Now I have to ask at this point: Have any of you guys seen? Have either of you guys seen the, um, uh, the Jedi Challenges show? That's on. Not that's on yet. YouTube. I was, I was watching highlights of it earlier today, and it, it looks the- totally awesome. The, the the new show? Are you talking about the, the new, new show? show? Yeah, yeah. yeah I watched. A, uh, yeah, I watched like the first like ten minutes of it, but I, yeah, I haven't oh, finished the first episode yet. But yeah, it's, it looks great. I I don't want to ruin it for anyone because we didn't say we were going to watch it for this episode, and I and I don't want to ruin it for you guys. But I have to say, barring the fact that they're they're technically wrong in which direction they're going, like by the end the kids are Jedi Knights, which technically they should be going from youngling <laughs> to padawan but right. whatever yeah uh, we'll forget we'll it. slide. it's an accelerated um, pro- program yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> um so but besides that uh i think it's it's the the way that they go about approaching the concept of the challenges of the jedi is spot on it is mm. absolutely amazing uh and they're the last uh the last part of the challenges they're in the jedi temple mm. and they handle that in the game show they handle that so very well it it is really just a very very well done job of handling that situation and all of the things that you would expect and so coming off of watching that this week with my kids and then watching this uh jedi temple episode uh of rebels was really cool because it really <laughs> kind of made it, it fit very well to what was nice. going together and so we see the typical thing in the temple is uh like with luke when he's in the temple on dagobah um he's confronted with something dark uh that he has to overcome and so all three of our of our characters go into a meditative state to try and contact Master Yoda. And Kanan's the first who gets a result and a door opens for him. And then he he stands up and says that the door's open and he walks into the door and just disappears. And uh, Ezra's surprised by it. And Ahsoka's like, you know, completely nonplussed by the whole thing. Uh, and Kanan is in a training room. Uh, and I loved his line, by the way. You know, was like, Ezra's like, be careful. He's like, don't worry, I wouldn't do anything you would do. Right. <laughs> Which is like, yep, right. that's spot on. <laughs> and so so we, we find Kanan is in a training room faced with a temple guard. And he kind of lays it out for us what this is. And the temple guard has a yellow lightsaber, which is awesome. And they end up uh, they end up battling. Even though the first line out of the temple guard's mouth is, you can't fight. You won't win. You know, like, that's, that's what he just tells them, like, straight up front. You can't fight the Sith Lord. You won't win. And so... They got it. They have to find another way, which then ties into Ezra, who's the second one. He gets his vision and he manages to talk to Master Yoda and completely glossed over this line in the in this uh, the episode. But Master Yoda says to him um, as they're talking back and forth, uh, Master Yoda says, 
uh, where did I put it? Uh, it's we we don't. Uh, Ezra asks him, "How do we win?" And Master Yoda pauses for a minute and says, uh, "It's how do we choose to win?" And I thought yeah. that was such a great, such a great line because there are so often times in our lives where we find ourselves up against insurmountable odds, and we get so focused on that one way to win, right? that we forget that sometimes we have to choose what our win conditions are mm-hmm. rather than saying, no, I'm going to completely destroy my enemy and be done with them. And uh, yeah. And, and then, but it doesn't really come up for the rest <laughs> in, in, the, in the episode. It doesn't really come up more, but I, which I think it, we, we see as it goes along, they have to kind of figure out another way to do and, things. And, and because, Ezra doesn't, yeah. and I don't think Ezra caught that message either because no. even by the end of it, he's like, we're going to fight. Like, right. just, just tell me, you know, just give me any wisdom, any knowledge that you have to, to yeah. help me. And, 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 and he leaves them with, uh, you know, Malachor and he has no idea what it is, but, mm-hmm. but he's like, okay, that's all I need to know that that's where, that's who we're going to fight or where we're going to fight. That's where, yeah, that's what we're going to do. And yeah. so it's, yeah. Well, and, yeah, he doesn't even know that it's a, a, you know, a place, not a person. He's like, okay, who's this Malachor guy? Yeah. Right. Like, well, okay. Well, let me add him. Well, it's that yeah. same line where, um, when Luke first meets Yoda and he says, I'm looking for the great, uh, warrior master Yoda. And Yoda says, wars not make one great, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. that's, I, and, and you really see like a different side of Yoda here. And, and I think, you know, Ahsoka talks about it a little bit where she's talking about the fact that she knew Yoda when he was young and that he mm-hmm. was a lot more happy. Well, not young, but she like, knew Yoda when she was young. 38 yeah. years old. No, yeah, so. <laughs> she, she knew Yoda when she was young and he was much more happy. But as yeah. the war went along, he started realizing that something was going to change, like something big was going to change. And, and that, that affected him. And I thought that was, you, you, you see that, uh, I rewatched um, the Revenge of the Sith recently. And, and you see that in him too, where he's kind of, at first he's trying to fight the end of the era and then he once he finally confronts palpatine he realizes he can't can't win so yeah he has to he has to retreat he has to back out and so that was really interesting and uh we see also ahsoka's vision which is of anakin that was a brief moment but pretty i think the mo- probably the most powerful in the in the episode yeah <laughs> Well, and and I think it's one of those things where it's like watching Rebels again after having watched the end of the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives so much more impact to that scene, and and you really see, you know, uh, Dave Filoni. Uh, you, you see that he had this stuff planned out, right? You know, you you see that he he had a clear vision of where all these things were gonna were gonna happen. But man, that was intense. That was an intense scene to watch. Um, and yeah, just just watching like him convert into like she knows, you know, she and this is the point where you see she knows what's going on. She just doesn't want to admit that she knows what's going on. Yeah, it's like earlier in the episode when uh, she's watching the holocron, you know, she tells Ezra, oh, yeah, we don't know what happened to him. He went last we heard mm-hmm. of him. He went to save the chancellor. And uh, yeah. she, she doesn't she doesn't tell him that he's Darth Vader now. And, and yeah. you know, the the the, the new leader of the. uh the empire. So yeah, it's uh, it, yeah, it kind of confirms, like you said, that she knows, you know, deep down. Well, I think she's still trying to hold out hope, but at the same time, she's right. you know, she sees what what happened. But then it's interesting the way that she, the, the way that the, the darkness in her that she has to confront is feeling mm-hmm. like she failed him, you know, and that's yeah, a really interesting, you know, she was his, she was his apprentice, not the other way around. So uh, her feeling like she failed him is a very interesting uh, situation to have. 
And meanwhile, while all of this is happening, the Inquisitors land outside, which how are they following these guys around so well? <laughs> that's that's the thing I want to know. Like everywhere they go, they the Inquisitors seem to show up yeah. and, uh, you know. Uh, but they are very cool characters. It must, I was going to say, it must be nice to only have one thing to do in your job. Right? Yeah. Well, that's, that's very true. I will take yeah. that, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's almost like, like, like going, going to retrieve the kids was, like, annoying because it was, like, an extra thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, no, yeah, yeah that's, that, that, that is true. Like, you can approach it with the single-minded focus of, we've got to take these guys out. <laughs> um. But but it's interesting, too, here, because this is the, you know, we learned, like, when we first watched the first couple of episodes of Rebels, as we were talking about Ahsoka, uh, we got the hint that there was something, some other reason that they were interested in Lothal, uh, that the Empire was interested in Lothal. And now we know what the Empire was interested in Lothal for, because we, they knew that there was a Jedi Temple here, and they were trying to find it. And this is the point at which they find it. And it's all because... Uh, you know, Ezra and Kanan needed some information, uh, and the only person that they could feel that they could think to get it from was Master Yoda, and so mm-hmm. that's uh, that's their next step. And all of the all of the visions resolve with um, Ezra getting the piece of information from Master Yoda about uh, about where they need where they need to go, even though he doesn't know. So he gets the information about Malachor. Uh, Kanan, Kanan's moment is fantastic yes. when he finally gives yeah. up fighting. Which I thought it was brilliant too in there that the the lightsaber he pulls off the wall was red bladed, you know, so he, he yeah. gets stuck fighting the, interesting. the guards and pulls a red lightsaber off the wall to have to fight. And in the midst of all that, you have Master Yoda talking about the Jedi becoming more fearful and angry over the course of the Clone Wars, and he he drops that other line in there where that's um oh you didn't know I would be afraid yeah but I I didn't let it turn into anger. And that's that's the issue. Mm. It's okay to it's okay to be afraid, but you have to realize that you're starting down that path and stop the right. anger and make sure that you confront the fear before it can turn into the anger. And Do you guys remember whether or not you knew you knew who he was when you first saw it? Because I, I don't remember that I did. I did. I did. I yeah. When I first watched it, I didn't. Rem- I didn't know oh, who no, it no. was. Yeah. Yeah, the temple guard. Yeah. Yeah, but that I mean that opens no. up a million questions too because I'm just like yeah. scratching my head like right. Where was he in the whole thing? You know, the Clone Wars and like, like did Anakin not, I guess, didn't kill him in the temple. Like, he's like, he shows up, he starts killing younglings and the temple guard's like, yeah, I'm into this. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> oh, <that's good>. like, <laughs> and how, you know, but he's not, that's, I'm still confused. I want to kind of dig in more because I'm, this brought up a lot more of my, like, I, I want to find out more about like these inquisitors with like, you know, they're not quite you know they're, they're not sith lords like we have we established on the mm-hmm. show that vader's his own thing you know he's his own category but yeah you know, how's that work you know to be a lackey right i'm guessing some of them were like uh were like kanan though where yeah they they were either padwans or they were low-level jedi that weren't uh that you know when when confronted with uh, an obvious master were not going to give up their life and yeah out of that fear just said fine I'm on your side. You know, tell me what to do. It kind of makes me dis. It sort of deepens my disappointment in many ways with these, the whole other topic, but with the Knights of Ren. Because here you, yeah. have, you have, like, basically the exact same setup, but then these dudes just have a bunch of stuff that looks like they got from a junkyard. 
right. to like swing yeah. around at people. I'm like, where are your lightsabers? You know, especially, I mean, it's hinted very heavily. Why do you heavily. not have weed whackers? <laughs> it's, like, you know, it's hinted very heavily that they are some of Luke's old students. Like, he basically says yeah. as much. But anyway, that's a whole other... <laughs> it's like, they could have been so much cooler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that, and I think that's, you know, that's that's one of the things that I think is really interesting here, that that it opens up the the text of what is now canon. Uh, to say that there were these other force users that were obviously old enough to be um, Jedi or Padawan during Clone Wars. And somehow they they joined the dark side rather than succumbing to Order 66. Right. And, you know, what does that look like? You're, you're right. Like, uh, you know, did Anakin walk in to kill the younglings and someone was like, OK, I'm fine with that. <laughs> sure. No problem. <laughs> Makes sense to me. I hated those guys anyway, right? Like, uh, and that, and, but, but at some, at some level, you must have had people that saw what was coming and kind of, kind of knew, oh, this is a more powerful way. And so it makes you wonder how many Jedi were already teetering on the brink between the, the, where they were as Jedi and the dark side of the force. And, and then, yeah. You kind of attach that to what Yoda was saying about all of the Jedi were becoming more fearful. And it makes for this sort of interesting dialogue when you watch all of them, when they became so warlike. And that was Ahsoka's big problem throughout the Clone Wars, right? It was like, you know, I've been sworn to be a keeper of the peace and all I've done my whole career is fight. Right. That doesn't, that doesn't right. really jive with what I'm thinking I'm supposed to be doing. Right. Uh, and so, so, you know, that, and I think that's kind of the resolution of this whole thing is it's like bringing back that that question of what it means to be a Jedi. And I, I really like that you feel almost like after 800 years, Yoda has matured past the, the strict black and white mm -hmm. of, uh, of the emotions. And, you know, that he's, that he's moving into this realm where it's okay to start down that path as long as you realize that you've started down that path and you stop and come back. Right. You know, that, that's one of the things I love about Star Wars is that you can like really get you can just watch it for the cool lightsaber fights. Yeah, you can go. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's really cool when you go in deep for the philosophy of it and start really digging yeah. into, you know, what it, what does it mean to be an emotionless person and how none of us are really capable of that. So what do we do when we're not capable of that? How do we deal with the consequences of of our in, incapacity yeah. to be right. completely emotionless and machine like? So. The, the culmination, I think, of Kanan's was that moment where he is knighted a Jedi. And you realize, oh, yeah, he never officially got that, did he? <laughs> and so he puts down his lightsaber and the temple guard, rather than striking him down, uh, knights him a Jedi, pro proclaims him an, a an actual Jedi knight, and then reveals that he is the Inquisitor from the first, um, from the first season. and. Yeah, it opens up more questions, but it's really cool, too, because now Kanan has kind of embraced his destiny and is becoming who he's supposed to be. Have we ever seen one of these knighting ceremonies before? We've heard about them, but I I thought it was almost kind of funny that it's like I dubbed the, you know, like it, yeah, yeah. It was, he was awfully close with that thing. I know, right? that, you know, like the, the rehearsal, like, you know, in, in better days, I'm sure they probably had a lot of rehearsal. You know, it's like, make sure you you stay still. I know that I know that one of the things that they've they've mentioned and then retconned and then it's con kind back and forth is like that whole rat tail thing that um, Anakin had in oh yeah uh, Clone Wars that gets cut off 
and okay. handed to the Padawan as a marker. So, so the the uh, they they depending on which version of it you read, they either have to come before the council or they have to come before a master, and the master actually cuts that thing off, which okay. doesn't work obviously for some of them because they you know they don't have hair, so <laughs> you know, some of them can't do that. But uh, the the lightsaber they do a knighting ceremony essentially the same way that they would. Uh, for anything else, like in our tradition, in our historical mm. tradition of knighting, uh, it's it's in a few of the books and a few of the comics. It's come up. Okay. Um, so if you dig around enough, you'll find it. But I think mostly it's in legends. I don't know that we have any canon yeah, version not, of it right now. I'm not aware of any. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Me and correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, ultimately, this is a vision, right? It's right. not like you know, yeah. canon, canon like. It, he shouldn't have feared for his life. I don't think he end up dying in one of these things, right? right. Uh, this is all conjured up by Master Yoda. So I think rules like that don't really need to apply. I think uh, <laughs> he could have been very, um, he, he could have wielded that, that lightsaber however he wanted. And, you know, right. uh, I think Yoda had implemented all the rules in there. Well, and I'm assuming, I'm assuming this is the purest form of a, of a Jedi knighting that we're going to ever get because it is a vision, you know? So it's like, yeah, it, it's the temple itself is kind of providing this, this knighting up right. for him. So it, it's all of the knightings that he's ever seen kind of distilled into the actual truth of the matter. And I know that for, for me, I, you know, I've talked before about the, um, uh, the RPG, the tabletop RPG that I put together for, uh, uh, for playing Jedi right. characters. And one of the things that they had to do is they had to complete destinies. So they had to, you know, realize a destiny uh, and that would move them further along either the light path or the dark path. And, it's really cool to like throw in these moments where like this, where Kanan has completed a destiny. Now he realizes that what he has to do is train Ezra, not by holding on to him and protecting him, but by letting him fulfill his own destiny as well. And so, you know, he can't protect Ezra the way that he wanted to be protected when he was a kid uh, mm -hmm. during Clone Wars. He has to let things happen. And that's part of growing up, which also kind of reflects back on him. So it's this whole secular thing. That's really awesome for his character development as he grows, but then also to actually to realize that it has, you know, almost a sacramental uh, effect on him where he not just is just realizing these things, but there's actually, a, you know, a representation of that inside of the advancement of being being a Jedi and becoming a Jedi Knight. He's lost that attachment and become bigger for it. And that's really, you know, like a cool kind of catholic uh take on the whole situation there too all right so then uh we see that the inquisitors are opening the temple they manage to start the temple opening which i think is really cool with all the red uh light that comes out of it instead of the blue light when the when the jedi were doing it and they the the members of the ghost have to run, have to escape and so they end up running away and leaving the area and we're left at the end of the episode with vader appearing at the temple um, after there's a weird kind of semi-lightsaber battle between the Inquisitors and the Temple Guard just to keep them from managing, from catching up to all of the, uh, all of the crew. By the way, just, and, just a real, real quick kind of, you know, Luke, <laughs> Lucas, John Williams world kind of leap here. Did anyone else just get a total like, um, um, oh, I just lost the name of it. Um, when the is leaving the temple, she stops and like looks back and Yoda's there and he just waves and the temple's coming down. It was totally Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yes. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's you know, true. Like, when the, Sean when Connery old... looks back and the Crusader just <laughs> that's raves and he goes, I was just like, I kept waiting for the, that song to play, you know, and I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Well, that was kind of fun. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't that was a good call. I don't know if they yeah. meant to do that or not, but that was totally, I, I made that note oh, like, sure. right away. There's so many throwbacks in this thing. It's so yeah. great. Like yeah. the three minute baby thing, right? Where it's yes. just like, yeah, yeah, you know, they, they had to know that that's what yeah. they were doing. Yeah. The Yoda, Yoda appearing, uh, Yoda appearing quickly to Ahsoka was a cool moment too, because it's, it's like Yoda is still acknowledging her, even though she's yes. quote unquote left the Jedi order. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like a wink and a nod. Like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, I don't see was, anything. Yeah. 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 You're, <laughs> yeah. I'm around. You'll be with someone. <laughs> It's not not that I wasn't talking to you. I just needed to talk to Ezra, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just really needed to talk to him. And so, uh, so we see that the the temple is uh, now being taken over by the Sith as Vader uh, steps in and says that his master will be very proud of the Inquisitors and what they've found. And that's kind of where we end off this episode. And with the question of uh, now knowing that that Malachor isn't a person that they're looking for, but a place. And that's likely where we will be going next with our um, foray into uh, looking into Rebels. So any final thoughts on these two episodes from you guys? Well, just going off what you said, um, you know, I think that's as, I mean, I really do love these episodes, but I'm 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 anticipating so much those those two coming up because that is you know, I think mm-hmm. what we do have next up. And uh, I've seen them before and uh, <laughs> I have not seen them. Um, since the end of Clone Wars, yeah, you know, I, so I've like been we keep saying, yeah, avoiding like, watching them until right. we are going to get yeah. into them. Yep, yep, and it's it's totally, um, you know, that's that's going to be really interesting. I think to see in that context. Yeah, it's it's an intense two episodes, so I, I think well, I'm looking forward to them. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so I I think these two really start to propel the future of what is going to become the Jedi Order. So, you know, there's there is a future for these things that to become a Jedi Order. And uh, now, you know, Kanan and Ezra kind of having to restart it. Uh, and there's a future for the Jedi, but we still don't really know what exactly that's going to look like. And uh, I'm interested to see. Uh, I know that Rebels doesn't exactly cover it, but I'm interested to see in some extended fiction somewhere how Kanan and Ezra aren't involved with Luke by yeah. the end. Mm. of uh of the whole thing because i that's got to be because because we don't get a finality to canon and ezra's story we get we get a, a closure of rebels like the like the story of rebels closes but it doesn't leave them you know dead and gone so that they can't be part of what luke becomes but it's luke's school by the time luke you know by the time we, we get into the new order era of things mm-hmm. so right. i'm interested to see where all that kind of falls out well and the rumor mill of course is running crazy with all these you know potential things that they could do which you know and i mean i'd be i'd be totally game i think they've really set themselves up for it in one way or shape or form with again you know no spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it yet but just you know where this is this this kind of cliffhanger ending uh of rebels right about the time of the end of you know the original trilogy um Mm -hmm. and then you know like a four or five year jump up to the mandalorian so you know by the time we get into mandalorian season two you know it's, it's totally feasible you know to to pull in some of these these pads, you know, to see like where are these people, you know, right. outside the Skywalker saga. So, I'm, I hope they do it. I'll, I'll be excited to see it. I think it'd be really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we could probably bet on that. You know, and, and if it's not if it's not in the Mandalorian, you know, there's I know with the success of Mandalorian, they they've got a whole bunch of uh, 
shows in you know in development and uh they can go all sorts of ways and yeah i know they're going to visit a lot of new characters but uh i'm sure they're going to pull uh, a lot of these characters from the anime series to live action they have to continue their stories like we already know ahsoka is going to be in mandalorian season two well i don't know if it's been 100 percent confirmed yet but i think no one's denying it but right. yeah, I, yeah i know right <laughs> but uh but yeah it's safe to say at least we're going to get some more development on her story because uh her character as well does you know we don't it doesn't really have a closure to it by the right. end of rebel so yeah we'll see what happens it is exciting yeah i'm i'm looking forward to it i think and i think the climate that we're in right now, where there's still a lot of questions about movie theaters reopening and big, you know, movie productions being a big deal. I think we're going to see a lot more kind of development and movement into this smaller, smaller screen format, quote unquote, because it's so affordable to do the special effects now. And then, you know, like with the with the way the Mandalorian was shot, which if you haven't watched um, the oh, Star Wars gallery no, yet, it's amazing too. It's yeah. amazing. Uh, it's it's just incredible to see how they've done it and and the advances they've been able to make uh, that that are really going to have effect on everything, uh, going including film, yeah, including in, the including cinema the, stuff, including yeah, major mo- motion productions, yeah. I you just won't be able to avoid using it. It's so amazing. Uh, which has always been the Skywalker, you know, the, the Skywalker way, right? The the um, the industrial lights and magic kind of mm-hmm. concept of like pushing everything way out ahead of where it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see where Disney is able to take this now that they've got Disney Plus under their belt, now that they've got the success of The Mandalorian under their belt, knowing that the MCU is such a huge hit and, you know, all of the other things that they have coming from that and like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. being able to tie in with the big movies and all that kind of stuff. Right. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah. yeah. And fun new development. I, not a not a huge fan of coronavirus generally, but I think that this might be a good move for entertainment <laughs> right now. Well, even well, even before the pandemic, uh, the, you know, there was like I think Kathleen Kennedy was saying after the Rise of Skywalker came out that they were going to take a break from doing the blockbuster big screen uh, Star Wars films and, and concentrate more on the Disney Plus streaming platform mm-hmm. and, uh, and TV shows. So I think yeah. Now they can just double down on that with, uh, like you said, the climate that we're in. What's yeah. so funny, too, is like we've <laughs> since 2015, you know, again, I, I love Star Wars. That's why I'm on this show. Um, but since 2015, we've almost had twice as many Star Wars movies come out as did from 1977 to 1983. <laughs> and it's just bizarre because like when she says they're going to take a break, I'm laughing because I'm like, for like two years, right? Because right. like, you know, Taika, Taika Waititi's, you know, movie that he's, he's, which right. I'm excited about whatever they have him doing. Um, sure. But it is funny. It's like, even, even if they do only wait like two years or even three, it is just hilarious. It's like, wow, you can, I mean, on, in this climate, like you can do so much in that amount of time mm. that won't, I, none of us will, you know, be missing anything. <laughs> yeah. Right. Think. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's so much to catch up on. There's so many books right. to read and comic books to read. And, yep. Uh, you know, and with this concept of the High Republic coming out, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's been it's been delayed, but it's still coming out. So yeah. there's there's so much to so much depth to kind of broaden out the right uh, the Star Wars community and the Star Wars lore, which is really which is really good. That's I I think it's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> I'm happy to be part of it. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> We're going to end it there. I'll say that's it from us. What do you think of these episodes of Star Wars Rebels? Be sure to email us or comment on our Facebook or Twitter page and let us know. You can email us any feedback at starwars at sqpn.com and find StarQuest on Facebook at facebook.com slash starquestmedia and on Twitter at sqpn. Uh, We'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars, including James S., Kathy S., 
Brooke K, Joel L, and Pamela F. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Star Wars and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Also, be sure to subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. To find previous episodes of Secrets of Star Wars, please visit sqpn.com slash starwars. Uh, and next time, we'll be following the story of Ahsoka in episodes 21 and 22 of season two of Rebels. So that's uh, the culmination. They're called The Twilight of the Apprentice. It's a combo episode. Uh, and it's an, an ominous name for a very impactful couple of episodes. So be sure to join us for that discussion. Until then, Andrew Hermes, thank you for joining me. It's been a pleasure. And Mike Creevy, thank you as well. A pleasure as always. And once again, I'm Thomas Enherham. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest.